Hello, everyone. Welcome to the next level. Uh, if you're new here, this is me. I'm JVL here with my two best friends, Sarah Longwell and Tim Miller of The Bulwark. You should hit the subscribe button and hit the thumbs up button and give us five stars and all of the things. Uh, and then you should go to thebulwark.com where we do all of the bulwarky stuff. We have new pieces every day. We have free newsletters from Charlie Sykes. Great podcasts coming at you. Almost all of it is for free. You should sign up and get on our list for it because uh, we make the donuts every day and then we give them away to people like you and you'll love them. People should be new here next week because at Thanksgiving dinner, you know, you're going to be talking to your Aunt Gertrude about this great website and podcast you listen to or your cousin. Right? Isn't this yeah. the moment that we that we pick don't, up new people? Don't cousins? talk to your. Don't talk about the bulwark over Thanksgiving Day. Go, go ask people how about? they're doing. This because is how you, you evangelize. Is, this is how you save democracy, yeah. JBL. Yeah. Over no, Turkey. What you do is at Thanksgiving, you ask other people how they are. Yeah. No. That's what you do like is you ask them what podcast they listen to, even though you don't care, <laughs> so that you can then tell them your favorite podcast. Yeah. yeah exactly. That's okay. how conversation works with extended family. <sighs> All right. Listen, it's a short week. We're putting out this show on a a short timeline because it's Thanksgiving week and we want you guys to have something to listen to while you go driving Wednesday night uh, or Thursday morning to wherever you may be traveling to. And I wish we had good stuff to talk about. We don't really. I want to start by talking about the the shooting at uh, in Colorado Springs at the. Gay nightclub uh, Club Q. Is that the name of, of this place, Tim? Yeah. Yeah. Tim wrote a great piece about this for us. Look, all the mass shootings are horrible, and they're all horrible in their own ways. Like, you know, the school shootings are horrible. The shootings at malls are horrible. This thing is horrible. But the thing which which makes this particular incident enraging is what Tim wrote about today for us, which is that Colorado has a red flag law. And the red flag law is if somebody is dangerous and mentally unstable— um, you can petition the court to have their guns taken away temporarily so that they cannot be a danger to themselves and others. And there are two ways this can happen. The, it can be initiated by the police or it can be initiated by family members. And in Colorado Springs, that is part of El Paso County. And in El Paso County, the good old Republican boys went rushing out before the law was even the ink was even dry on the law to say that they would absolutely rebel against it. And the elected sheriff in El Paso County said that he would not go and be confiscating anybody's guns. And so this guy who went and and shot and killed a whole bunch of people at, uh, at this nightclub was, less than a year ago, involved in a standoff with police in which he, I believe, had uh, threatened to have a bomb and said he was going to kill his mother, told the police he was going to kill them. In tactical gear, wearing tactical gear. And somehow, this guy who, look, I'm just going to say it because it seems germane, was not shot and killed by police. He was white, um, you know, (laughs) by totally random coincidence. Uh, And not only was not shot and killed by police while in a standoff in which he threatens to kill the police, was out on the street, and then the authorities had, did not go and confiscate his guns, which seems like this is a textbook case. And, uh, you know, I, we are, I think we're always very careful about not turning these moments into, like, moments for political gain. Like, that's not what we do here. Uh, but it's hard to look at this and not be really angry. And 
Sarah, Tim's gonna. Tim has already wound up. I know. All I can see him. I don't know why you're not just letting him go. Done. Why would you? Why would you yeah. hold him back? Do you want to? I just because I wanted to let you talk first. I wanted you to feel seen. So the one thing I want to say is, uh, first of all, I do think these shootings are often political in the sense that we have. Every time I read about one, I I am sort of surprised. Like if somebody came down from Mars, and they were like, the issues that people were talking about in the last election around schools were like fake things about kids in litter boxes and transgender or whatever, when like we have a mass shooting problem in schools and had some going into the election cycle. These happen so frequently now that it becomes really frustrating just to see that nobody does anything about them. But the the one point I wanted to make, because I don't have that much to add on this, is just I think maybe people who are reading about this story are like, don't understand. Like, this was a straight guy, a military guy who was there with like his wife and his kids because he was watching some of his kids' friends and like a drag show. And they're like, but I don't understand. Why would that happen? And I don't think people understand like, what happens at gay bars. Like, there are straight people and gay people, and everyone's hanging out, having fun. And, uh, you know, it is not. I, I, it is an attack on the LGBT community. That feels pretty clear. But, like, the role that these bars play is like they're entertainment spaces and fun spaces. And it's just, that's what people went out to do to have fun. And it's so sad that it ended up this way. This is particularly true. I want to get back to the red flag thing, but since you brought this up, this is particularly true. What you just said about the types of gathering that happens at gay bars in communities like Colorado Springs, like becomes a place where sort of progressive minded people go or, you know, we're family members of people that are queer, gay, transgender go, you know, to, and to support them. The Club Q, me and Sarah have been to some gay bars like this. We had a really rocky night at a gay bar in Topeka one time. And they're just as a different kind of energy if you're in a red state or a very red community like Colorado Springs is at one of these bars. Like people keep using the word refuge, but like they do feel like this place where like, oh, I can go here and like these are my people. And like my people might literally mean other gay people or it might just be people that are supportive, you know, in a place where not everybody is supportive, even in the year of our Lord 2022. And Club Q, um, I'd never been there. I almost went once. And the reason why I didn't go was at the Broadmoor for a function, and it was Pride. And I was like, oh, it'd be fun to go to a Pride thing in Colorado Springs. And I Googled where the place was, and it was, it was Club Q. And it was like far. I, and I, I said, I don't want to take an Uber 30 minutes. It wasn't in downtown Colorado Springs. And this happens a lot in places like this, right? Like you don't want the gay bar to be right there on the main drag where the other bars are, right? And so Club Q is like off in some strip mall, like 25 minutes away. And, and I think that that's important because it's like reflective of like Sarah's point of like what the types of, you know, what the reason is for a place like this. So I, I think that in, that in a lot of ways, it's like a particularly fucking gross, I don't know what the right word is, but but the but it, it feels particularly painful that it happens at a place like this. Not that it'd be less painful if it happened at the gay bar on the main gay drag in downtown Denver, but like there's just, there's something that is a community kind of spirit that happens at these red, in these red state or red city gay bars that is just that is just different and that sucks um that they feel like that's not safe well it's you know whenever we have a a mass shooting the immediately we look around to say how can we have stopped this or or how can we stop this in the future and you know like everybody wants to push a, a policy button and a lot of times the argument is uh between left and right with the left wanting to push policy buttons and the right saying 
look, the, the, the problem, we already have all the policies. We have all the laws. Enacting a new policy wouldn't have changed anything. And here we we actually do have the law, and it was it was politicians who chose not to enforce it. Because, they, and I just, this is like placing, this is placing the lives of their own constituents and their neighbors uh, below some stupid abstract vice signaling. And it's really, man, it's tough to take. It's almost like we're in an experiment, you know, to just prove all of the stupid NRA talking points wrong. I, you know, I mean, like over the, just this past year, you know, you have the, the good guy with the gun experiment, you know, talking point just obliterated in Uvalde. The same arguments you make about all these schools, like they had all these controls at the schools that people rec- uh, are doors. recommending. The problem is yeah, doors, and, right? And now this, uh, to your point, this talking point that you see from even the more reasonable people that are pro-gun, you know, talk, that say, oh, well, we should just be enforcing the laws on the books, right, as we have them. Well, Colorado has this law on the books, like, and, and El Paso decided to name itself a fucking sanctuary to troll the libs. Like, let's just be honest. This is what this is. I mean, part of it is just gun fetishism, but part of it is a direct lib troll because they don't like sanctuary cities in immigration, right? And that that's a buzzword. And uh, there's some problems with sanctuary cities on immigration too. But like, in a literal sense, at least they're being genuine and saying we're trying to provide a sanctuary for immigrants. Like, this is a troll to say we are a sanctuary for people who want to have guns when it's, right. you can have guns. It's Literally. legal to have guns. It's not hard to get guns in Colorado Springs. You don't need a sanctuary. Like what all this law, these protective orders, the red flag laws were supposed to do was prevent lunatics from getting guns. Like that's the whole point of the law. And Jared Polis is not like a gun confiscation guy. They asked him yesterday in the press conference, like, do you want to start getting rid of air 15s? He's like, no, he's kind of has a libertarian streak for a Democrat. Right. He passed a law that was a particularly narrow, signed a particularly narrow law, which is like for people that are a threat, we're going to get guns out of their hands. And yet still these fucking assholes, and I should have mentioned this in the article and I didn't, so I'll say it now, is it's not just the sheriff, it's not just the county commission, but it's the district attorney down there. The sheriff, they're rolling over into a new sheriff next year, so he's kind of off the hook. But the district attorney's still there. And they should try to get rid of him. And he, the district attorney's like, I'm not even going to file these right with the court. I'm going to, you know, be a conscientious objector to this. And this is absurd. It's the most populous county in Colorado. They had zero since laws passed. Zero times. Didn't Ron DeSantis fire an elected uh, district attorney in Florida because the guy said that he would not, at some future point, enforce a law which had not yet passed? Like this is, I don't know. Isn't this a point of? Thing that the that, that Republicans all go on about, about how everybody's got to enforce the word law and order party. Bum, bum, bum. Yeah, and you're going after all these liberal district attorneys. There have been, there have been some pro- fair complaints, by the way, about some progressive district attorneys not yeah. following the law, right? And so, like, here it is. This is a straight case. Like, this should be an open and cut, dry, cut and dry. And it's the thing that bothers me about this. You know, somebody's trolling me on Twitter, like, oh, you guys have gone full live. I don't know. I guess maybe. But like, this is 80, 81% support in Colorado for this bill, 8114. Like, you don't have 8114 support for John Elway in Colorado, right? Nothing has 8114 yeah. support. Okay. 8114 support for this. It is, it is right within the Republican conservative NRA talking points about enforcing existing laws. It's going right at the Republican talking points about how DAs shouldn't be going around and not enforcing laws for public safety. It's all of this shit. It's just a mainstream, this is what should be accepted. And yet, 
Maybe I missed it. If I missed it, somebody can send it to me. I don't even see Mitt Romney. I don't see anybody today out there in the entire Republican establishment, any Republican elected officials. Maybe there's one in Colorado. Even the mayor of Colorado Springs, this guy, John Southers, I know him a little bit. He's a normal guy, supposedly. I haven't even seen him. None of them say, hey, maybe we should just enforce red flag laws and stop fucking attacking drag queens for no reason. Like, how about that? Like, these do not seem like liberal action items right to just say how about we how about we make sure that lunatics can't get ar-15s after a court review not some autocrat taking guns but after a police and a court review make sure that lunatics can't get ar-15s and maybe just for good measure let's take like let's take a quick holiday break from from demonizing drag queens who are just trying to live their truth how about that like that like they don't those don't seem like that far of asks but there isn't anybody that is willing to do it. I, I haven't heard anyone that is that has done anything beyond perfunctory thoughts and prayers on this on the right. So, Sarah, you are much closer to gun culture than I am. This seems to me like it would be the easiest layup for any gun rights to a supporter in America to say, "Look, look, I'm meeting you halfway." Right. Just like, yeah, we ought to have red flag laws. And uh, these politicians in El Paso, Texas ought to be ridden out on a rail. Colorado. Uh, uh, El Paso County. Right. In Colorado ought to, ought to be ridden out on a rail. And uh, I haven't seen any of that. Maybe it's happening out there. I haven't seen it. Like it's it's like the easiest good faith gesture possible. Are there any good faith gun rights people out there? I don't know. I, again, these are your people, not my people. I'm going to say something that's going to sound maybe overly provocative, but I've been thinking about it. I heard a lot of arguments after Nancy Pelosi's husband was attacked with the hammer, uh, where conservatives were like, it is ridiculous to blame the rhetoric on this attack because, you know, we have to be able to criticize political leaders. That's true. But these attacks... The reason that I think they feel, unlike when the, the school shootings happen, right? Like politicians rush to make sure that they have something to say and some way to engage. Even since the Orlando nightclub shooting, the gay nightclub shooting in Orlando, I would say that the temperature and the tenor toward gay people, you know, drag queens, trans people, has changed like a lot. And it is now a disfavored group on the right. Uh, you know, Ben Shapiro relentlessly talks about them. Lots of people made it central to their campaigns. The idea that you would hear something about trans people in schools it is wildly overblown, the sports issue. And as a result, it becomes like a difficult virtue signal for people on the right to say that this disfavored group ought not to have been targeted and attacked, even though it feels like it should be easy. They just don't rush out in the same way. Yeah, just to pull this up for kicks, because um, my home state, good on them, has gotten rid of a lot of their Republicans lately. Um, so there aren't a ton of elected Republicans there. But Colorado Springs rep is elected Republican, Doug Lamborn. I wouldn't expect Lauren Boebert to do the right thing, so we're, we'll just ignore Lauren. But Doug Lamborn is a, a yesterday's man, Republican. He's been there as long as I, I've been in politics. Um, and I'm just looking at his statement now, and it's literally – it's thoughts and prayers. I mean, I could read it all, but uh, he names the five victims. The He names the 25 were injured. He says they hope they have a speedy recovery. Uh, he says he's grateful for the swift reaction for members of law enforcement. 
And I guess and the real swift reaction was from the hero um, there who stopped the shooter and then was arrested by law enforcement. But okay, I'll let it. I'll let that slide. Our first responders in hospitals, of course, we should all continue to pray for everyone affected. Right? I mean, nothing, not e- like not even a word, not even the word gay, like not even the, you know what I mean? Like nothing, like, like no- nothing. I mean, at least he's not out there today bitching about groomers, which is a thing that certain members of conservatism Inc. are doing today. <laughs> like right now, as we tape today, you know, you see, you see guys who are, you know, big MAGA wheels out there. Well, what do you want? I mean, if, if we're not going to stop these groomers, then there's going to be violence. And like, it's like, Jesus. Well, here's Jack Posobiec. Jack P- P- Posobiec, who's uh, who's geeting about me today over on Getter. Um, are we just not supposed to talk about why a U.S. Army major took his family down to the local drag club for a night out? So it's like, okay, on the one hand, it's like some fucking Republican, far or not Republican even, some like far-right conservative media assholes are going to be provocative assholes. Okay, so th- that's one way to look at it. But I saw Jack recently, actually. Where did you see him, Tim? Yeah, he was the opening speaker for Blake Masters and Carrie Lake. At that event, they invited him to speak, not during the primary, in the general election, two days out. This guy, Pizzagate Jack, who's out there criticizing the army, the the vet, you know, who saved a lot of lives. Just really quick aside, we're ranting about this. I don't know if you want to keep ranting, and this is maybe an inappropriate place to do this, but I just want to thank you about it. They, they, that guy and his wife, Jess uh, Fierro have a brewing company in Colorado Springs. So I'm going to try to get to when I get home over Christmas. Um, that Atrevita uh, beer company. I put the link in the triad. These guys should be supported. I mean, this is, you know, the fact that they, their girl, their daughter lost his boyfriend, got killed. Um, like this guy had just, was just taking a night out with his kids, trying to support the community, you know, trying to support diverse groups within Colorado Springs community and as a vet who says he doesn't want to be in war anymore and has to spring into action to fucking take out this piece of shit that went into there with a gun, you know, and for him now to have to be like trolled, you know, I mean, if these guys had any dignity, if like Blake Masters and Carrie Lake untagged herself from my tweet, by the way, if these people had any dignity or any at all care about the community, you just say, no, like this is not acceptable. Right? Like the, we are not that far away from a time when it wasn't perfect. It wasn't great. There were a lot of bad politicians. There was a lot of gay baiting, but you'd at least have somebody out there being like, you know, no, actually like, let's not, let's not insult the hero who saved a bunch of lives for, for going to a drag show. And uh, like, yeah, but Tim also like, do you agree with me when the shooting happened in Orlando at the gay club that the, that the tone was actually really different, that, like, it feels like something has changed this time. I do agree. Yeah. I, 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 sorry, That's what, that was the point I was, I got distracted. That was the point I was trying to make with the Lamborn quote, right? I mean, I don't, we'd have to go back and look. We'd have to go back and look. But I'm pretty sure that, you know, say what you want about little Marco, that, like, little Marco's statement after Pulse at least said, you know, this attack targeting gay Floridians is unacceptable. You know what I mean? Like we could go find it, but like the word gay, I'm pretty sure was in there. Maybe it wasn't. We'll go back and check. But, um, but I, but just in general, like that was at least an okay thing to say, right. You know, to, to just acknowledge that a specific community was targeted here and that, you know, we, we should try to turn, turn down the temperature. No, that's uh, the opposite is happening. So yeah, there's different. All right, I want to move on from this in a minute, but but one more substantive thing. Why is the sheriff's department and the DA out there in Colorado against red flag laws? Because it would seem to me that 
I am forever hearing from law enforcement organizations that uh, their jobs are so unbelievably dangerous. You have to cut LEOs some slack. They have a very hard and very important job and, uh, and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And that they're not all Derek Chauvin's, you know, and, and, and I am sympathetic to a point to many of those arguments. And we have we have hundreds of thousands of law enforcement officers in America, and I'm sure that the vast majority of them are great people who are doing the job for the right reasons and do it with the utmost professionalism. That said, this kind of thing seems like a no-brainer protect the police, right? I mean, if you are a Blue Lives Matter, black, back the blue kind of, of person, like this is, this is a, as I said, it's just a layup. And politically, like, I don't understand why. You know, Tim, you wrote a piece about this a couple months ago, right? The Democratic message should be fewer guns on the streets, more money for cops. Like that, that should be the entire Democratic message on law and order. But I don't know, like, where, where are the LEOs on this? Yeah, that is a legitimate fear, by the way, the cops have. I, I do. I, I said this, I think, when it was in, in a previous article about one of these uh, shootings, you know, of an armed black person, right? Where I wasn't, I wasn't defending a cop. I was just saying that, like, when we're addressing the issues here, racism is one of them, but just the amount of guns on the streets. Like, this isn't happening in other countries in part because of racism, but also in part because they're less scared that they might get a gun pulled on them, right? You know, if you're in, if you're in London, you're not very scared that if you, you know, if you go into somebody's house, like, on a call, that, like, they're going to shoot you because there's not that many guns. That's a legitimate concern that some that some police have. And for a while, it was when police unions used to be, you know, police unions worked on the crime bill, right, for all the problems of the crime bill, right? Like, they wanted those deals, right, which, which was that the, what I'm just, what you just described, like more money for, for police, more resources for police, but fewer guns on the street as part of that for their own, to the safety of their own members. You know, maybe it's it's the magnification of, of the police force, you know, maybe it's just ideological brain worms in a handful of counties. But yeah, I mean, I like they're they're acting against their own self-interest, against their own safety, uh, to advance some insane ideological agenda. Like, why do they they're not their gun rights aren't threatened? Why do they give a fuck if this guy if, if this kid that threatened to kill them can't get an AR-15? All right, Sarah, do you have anything else or should we move on? You're people should know. You are like Willis Reed uh, in the NBA Finals. You are strapping it on here to be here. You are sick. And uh, do you have the novel coronavirus, Sarah, or just a? I just have a neurovirus of some kind. I have something kind of blowing through me. So does neuro or noro? Noro. Noro. Uh, all right. Uh, and if you need to, if you That's need to, if you need to bail on this midway, you just you just tag out. Um, we haven't talked about Nancy Pelosi stepping down. It's one of those rare uh, walking away from the table a winner. Doesn't happen all that often for speakers of the House. Leaving her caucus in a pretty strong position. I think she was a fairly consequential speaker. And, you know, her politics are not my politics, but uh, pretty clear that she's a patriot and a grown-up. And she did she did right by America over the last five or six years. Do you guys have any thoughts about either her or what looks to be her replacement, Hakeem Jeffries? Sarah? I don't have any specific thoughts. I spent most of my career criticizing Nancy Pelosi, and so I can't say that I am turning around to say that, uh, like, no doubt she's an effective person. Um, But yes, her politics are not my politics. I think the interesting thing is that the Democrats do seem to be 
turning the page generationally, like making an active attempt to do that. And I think that's the right thing to do in this moment. Um, I don't really know that much about Hakeem Jeffries, but I, I like the idea that they are, as a group, setting out to have a new generation of leaders. They had a lot of old people in leadership. They had a lot of old people in leadership. I'm a little concerned about the Brooklyn power now. Uh, Chuck Schumer and Hakeem Jeffries, just a lot of the Brooklyn energy for me, for my taste. I'm interested that Nancy had said that she, um, that the attack on her husband was impacted her. Uh, uh, Okay, we're Sarah's checking out. Oh man! All right, Sarah just pulled the eject the eject lever. Uh, It was heroic for her to get on on here at all. She (laughs) poor Sarah. This is. I am deeply sympathetic. We have the flu blown through my house, and I right now have the flu A strain multiplying in my bloodstream. I can feel it. I, you know, all four of my kids have been sick with it this week. I didn't know she was sick. I thought that her just very. I thought that I was kind of impressed that that the impact of the news this week just had that effect on her. You know that she physically was like physically yeah, keeled it. over. Right. All right, so talk to me a little more, more about your uh, your Schumer 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 Jeffries axis of New York. Okay, well, I'm just a little concerned about that. That's all. I just think it's worth keeping an eye on um, uh, uh, Hakeem Jeffries. It's it's generationally this is good. Demographically, it's I think it's good that it's not an, another white a white person. That said, you know the Democrats should be also conscious of uncoastifying themselves. I'm just making up a word right there. And uh, as you look for Schumer replacements and the whip and all that, I think that let's try to fill this out with some people who, you know, are not a 40 minute drive from the Atlantic or Pacific Ocean. So I just think that should also be a priority. I was intrigued that um, Nancy said that, that Paul Pelosi's attack impacted her thinking on what to do. I do wonder if that meant staying rather than just retiring or how that impact is, but I'm happy that, I am happy that she's staying, you know, and I think that there's some value uh, to having her there. And I think that if, if anything, just symbolically, you don't want to give in because as Sarah mentioned in the, like before she dropped off, um, the, the response to the Paul Pelosi attack was fucking, was disgusting on the right. Right. And, you know, and you don't want to back down from that. And I, and I think that there is, you know, a, a tie there between, uh, between the, that's related to kind of what happened in the election and the fact that like this party's just complete unwillingness to show basic decency, to be even in the ballpark of normal, like to want to like demonstrate that they, you know, care about these sorts of things, I, I think played a part, maybe a small part in the midterms, uh, in addition to the fact that she was the leader of the party. So she played a part in the midterms. And so I think it's good that she is sticking around to see, to see that through, at least through 2024. And we'll see. Jeffries, my, my, my biggest concern about Jeffries is Nancy demonstrated a lot of deftness at keeping together a caucus that is pretty unwieldy, right? Like the Jared Golden in Maine and, and Rashida Tlaib like, don't have a lot in common, right? I and mean, there's like a very big, broad, unwieldy coalition. Coalition might even be getting more unwieldy, honestly, as things go on. Yep. So... Can she help him navigate that? Is Jeffries going to be capable of that? I think it'll be a little bit easier in the minority, especially in a big minority, right, um, uh, to, to do that. But I think that is, as part of the concern I have for Democrats, the thing to watch, this generational turnover is needed. But when they 
turnover generationally, they do need to keep in mind that like old, relatively conservative blacks and other people of color and union guys, right? Like are still part of this coalition, right? And, and you know, you can't just totally turn it over into the, to the Brooklyn crowd. That, that would be my only flag. Well, we'll see. Uh, all right. Hey, this is the part of the show where we talk about our sponsor, Bowl and Branch, the maker of fantastic sheets. Uh, Tim, I don't know if you know this, but the day after Friday or the day after Thursday is uh, is Black Friday. It's the day when everybody goes shopping for stuff. And uh, yeah, I heard about that. So here's something actually it was weird. I was thinking about this the other day because I have I have somebody in my life who is going to be getting some bowl and branch sheets uh, that I'm going to be purchasing with my own money because I like it so much. It's such a good product. Uh, are you are you one for unboxing? Because I care a great deal about packaging. I don't know why I shouldn't, but uh, but I take. Seems, it seems like you would care about that. No, I don't. That's not. For I me. gotta tell you, the bowl and branch sheets are packaged so nicely that it is like almost a second gift in mm. itself. Uh, they're really. Mm. I would say this is the kind of present that if you give somebody, I wouldn't have noticed. They're going to notice the that they're getting something special, and the sheets mm. are fantastic. That's they're nice. comfortable. They're well designed. Incredibly deep pockets on the fitted corners. Uh, I don't know. Honestly, just. The best sheets I've ever slept on, and uh, I, I like to think of myself as something of a connoisseur of uh, of linens. I'm sure you do. Yeah, yeah, I do. So uh, anyway, Tim, are you gonna are you gonna be purchasing bowl and branch sheets for anybody in your life? I'm not gonna. I'm not giving it away, but I might be. I've been eyeing that 25 percent off code. It seems pretty good, and so uh, you know, I've got a few people in mind. Also, it's an easy get. That's the other thing, right? You just that like, hey. I don't have to think too much about it. They've got they've got every color that this person could possibly need. All I need mm. to know is their bed size, and then done. So this black it's kind of a personal question. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it but but you can see if it's somebody who you know recently well, then you probably know what it is because you've like walked past their bedroom, been able to go, oh mm. queen, right? I'm not gonna I'm not gonna continue down this path. This Black Friday, give the gift of a better night's sleep with Bull and Branch. Get 25% off your first set of sheets and free shipping when you use promo code NEXTLEVEL at bullandbranch.com. That's bullandbranch, B-O-L-L-A-N-D, branch.com. Promo code NEXTLEVEL. Offer ends November 27. There. Uh, Timmy. It's wonderful. So we are we are without Sarah, which means that we can do whatever we want. We were yeah. going to talk about her focus groups. We could instead talk about the Nuggets. We could. Well, I, I could. I don't want to rant about something related to talk Thanksgiving. About Thanksgiving. I guess. I, we I, could I, do, I, do. We could just do you and me having uh, some boy talk. All right, we can do some boy talk. I'm happy to talk about the Nuggets. I'm a little annoyed. I don't know what the solution this is. The, all the Nuggets have COVID right now, like the whole team. So we're playing like with the G League roster, and I don't. You know, I don't. We did eventually. We're going to have to come up with a solution to this, right? I mean, all these guys, except Kyrie, except racist Kyrie, are vaccinated and boosted. I don't know. What, like, do, do do they need to go through the whole eight day thing? Am I am I being a little too greedy? Shouldn't shouldn't like a four day? And once they feel better, shouldn't they be able to get back out there? No, I don't know. I I I, I don't know the answer to this. We need to yeah. ask Dr. Ja about this. I don't know. It feels a little stringent. I don't know. Jokic, or maybe I'm just missing having Nikola Jokic in my life, but we're on like day eight of his 
of his COVID break. And I, I've had I've had COVID. I, I didn't. I felt like by day eight I would have been able to be out there. But it seems like he won't be playing against the Pistons tonight. So such is life. Um, I have another sports related complaint: sports and politics. Here we go. You ready for this? Oh boy. Um, so I've been feeling very at home in my new kind of center-left coalition lately. Mm-hmm. You know, feeling like, man, at times I'm almost like, you know, I want to troll you guys and say something right-wing just because I'm tired of, of agreeing so much. And You're so, sick and, and tired so, of all the winning. I'm sick and tired of all the winning. And then something did happen. I did have some losing. In California here, we have some ballot initiatives. Mm-hmm. And um, I have to tell you, uh, my, my vote on the ballot initiatives here in direct, direct democracy, will of the people, Vox Populi, Vox Dei, I was off everyone. The state, the, the blue state of California went against me on every single one. The, the lack of regulation, uh, not putting increased onerous regulations on dialysis clinics and supporting low-income housing, I think were the only things I was aligned with the voters of California on. Um, and so that kind of reminded me that I'm still not completely a mainstream lib. Uh, but the one thing that really bothered me was the online gambling. We had a bill here, a ballot initiative that would have allowed for some online gambling. The funds were going to go to the tribes. Part part was going to go to the tribes, and part was going to go to build some more housing. We need houses out here. It seems like this is a no-brainer. We are in a free country. If I want to be able to pull up my phone and lose some money gambling on the Cowboys game this weekend on Thanksgiving, I should be able to do that, okay? This is... I don't understand why my fellow Californians want to limit me. Right, I'm now I'm here. What am I going to do for the next four days? I got my in-laws here. I love my in-laws. I love my in-laws, but eventually, like by day four, conversation starts to drop. And maybe I just want to turn on a Creighton versus Arkansas game. And I don't really care about Creighton versus Arkansas, but let's make it interesting by throwing a, a few <laughs> 20s on there. you know. And that seems like that's just something that I enjoy. And I'm, I'm a little embittered that not only did my fellow Californians deny me that and deny the tribes and the low-income housing people their money, but they denied me it in overwhelming numbers. It was like 80 to 20. It was like 80 to 20. It was a red flag law style numbers. This is an outrage. I'm outraged. If you're living in California and you voted against me, I'm mad at you. And and now I don't like I have to like Venmo my brother to gamble for me in Colorado. I and mean, this is ridiculous. I'm a grown just, man. Like use your Robin Hood app to gamble that way. I mean, why do you need to be look all gaming like cigarettes and like alcohol preys upon the people who well sure because you have high social capital to be able to weather any uh ill ill circumstances which it brings you and these things always prey upon the people who can least afford it and this is why they're bad and part of living in a society is the people who who can afford to like manage their problems and not have their lives destroyed by it sometimes have their freedoms uh, slightly impeded, ever so slightly impeded. I knew you would be a nanny state lib. Look, there's a reason these things are vices, right? Like, there's there's a reason that these things are... are there are a lot of vices uh, out there. Yes. Watching TikTok is a vice. Watching TV is a vice. Every, you know, binging shows is a vice. You're not going to spend the uh, the money that you should be spending on baby formula on TikTok, right? I mean, this <laughs> is right. the... This is the, the the truth of it. You might forget to buy the baby formula because you keep scrolling through your for, for you page for so long that the that the CVS is closed. I don't know. There are a lot of potential options. I'm just saying, doesn't this seem like a pretty harmless joy? 
just me throwing a few bucks on the Nuggets Pistons no, game totally tonight. It's a totally harmful joy. It's an absolutely harmful I'm, joy. It's and like also, it's like a tax. It's like a stupid tax on me with the 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 the, 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 the tribes and low income housing future low income housing residents benefit from. I, I mean, really. We're gonna. This is this is like are we we're getting into ch- communist China territory here. I guess. I guess you don't. Think I mean, so? if if that's what you really think, um, the other outraged. the other dirty secret of these things is that a lot. Now, I, I am not totally clued into all of it, but on some of these sort of peer to peer gambling sites like FanDuel, um, you are not actually you the a normie. Mm-hmm. Who go in to bet a hundred bucks on a game? You are not actually betting against like Tim Miller on the other end. You you are betting against a very sophisticated person who is running essentially a gigantic bot-driven arbitrage network, and you're, you're just okay. You're just flushing your money away. Okay. Uh, so no, these things are all bad, and it's it's really bad that the sports leagues have finally relented and just gotten in bed with them. And I, you know. They deserve okay, so what everything are you, they so have done. So what does Sunday afternoon look like for you here? You're, you have many days with your in-laws in front of you. Like, My in-laws live two miles away from How me. are you going to spend the afternoon? You can't just, th- if you're not going to throw a few bucks on a ball game. What, do you, what are you going to do? What is some good God-fearing fun you're going to have? a few bucks on the ball Who has time to watch a ball game on a Sunday afternoon? We're like taking care of the kids and running to, to cross-country meets or to baseball practice. or On to- Thanksgiving weekend? Uh, I have a you have I am coaching. God help me. I am coaching a seventh and eighth grade girls basketball team. I am coaching. Oh, that sounds like a dream. A seventh for me. and eighth grade girls basketball Can I gamble team. It? Can I gamble? Can I gamble on it? Can we run a book? <laughs> we can run a book. And let me give you a hot tip on my squad. Take the under. <laughs> Whatever the under is, take it. Uh, we have a game on Sunday afternoon. God mm. help me. And uh, we had our first game this past weekend. My squad managed to. Would you Would you care to guess if you had to set an over under line on total points by my team scored? Thirty two minute game, seventh and eighth grade, eight minute quarters. Okay, uh, I'll say you probably got probably got twelve points. Oh well, then you would have lost twenty two. Oh yeah, twenty two. That's pretty good. Twenty two points. That's pretty it good. Was, uh, I only have three kids who have played basketball in any capacity before. That's like three baskets a quarter. That's pretty good. That's not so bad. How many did the other team have? 28. Oh, it's a competitive match. It was, I mean, I guess. What kind of defense do you got them playing? Are you doing like a little 1-3-1 trap? I had thought. I had thought that I was going to run a 1-3-1 trap. This was my my dream. And I thought I was going to press all game long and stuff. Like, I had so many dreams for this. But here, let me tell you what happened. So I... uh, I I wanted my my gals playing a two three zone, and uh, give up the three pointer. Well, nobody in the entire game made a shot from further away than eight feet. So I was willing to bank okay, yeah, on people just shooting over us. I was like, you know, if yeah. people want to hit ten footers over us, I'll give that to okay. them all day long. So uh, our first quarter of attempting to be in a two three zone was not successful. By which I mean that they were still basically playing man to man. I was like, no. so so we I called timeout, timeout, blue, give me time. So brought them over. I got out my hold. Hold on a second. Yeah, 
I got out my dry erase board, yeah. right? Love that. And I uh, and I I schemed. I said, "Hey, guy, guys, we gotta we gotta get this two three zone in." And so I this was not a thirty second timeout. This was a full timeout. And so I got out my dry erase marker and I was like, "And, and Vicky, you're gonna go over here. <laughs> and Christina, you're over there. And uh, you know, Maria, you're over here. And, I'm, and you're gonna guard this area. Guard this. Area. All right. Does everybody got it? And there's like quiet. And one girl goes, is this offense or defense? <laughs> At which point I just said, just go out there and have fun. Go out there and have a good time. Roll it, roll it out there. <laughs> All right. Okay. Well, Tim, WNBA not being their future, but that, that enjoy that on Sunday. And let me know. Let, I'm, you want to bet on it? What if I'm you telling want some you, action, yeah. By Sunday afternoon, I'm going to be bored. So if you can get me a live stream and someone to take the other side of the bet, we're I'll playing you, you St. James it. B. I believe on right. Sunday. And uh, you know, I don't know what the scouts say about St. James B. Yeah. But uh, find a parent over there, not a coach. I don't want any Pete Rose situations. <laughs> find a parent over there on the St. James B. sideline and tell them that I'm interested in. Uh, in Tim a wants to make this interesting. My MSNBC's best-selling New York Times author, Tim Miller, wants to make this interesting. What do you say about Desperate this, Mr. Kozolowski? Do you want some action on this? <laughs> all right. Uh, hey, guys, happy Thanksgiving to all of you. We are we're grateful to have you riding with us. So grateful. Uh, have a good one. Have a safe one. Uh, we hope you're surrounded by people you love and, uh, and people who love you. And uh, don't forget to hit the subscribe button. Go over to thebulwark.com, sign up for all the stuff, and uh, we'll see you next week. Bye. Have a great Thanksgiving, everybody. See you.